You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hey, it's good to be here. And so, last week we started a little tradition where we went over our highs and lows of the week. Anybody want to start off first? Well, I got my first troll from uh, Twitter. Really? So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little fun. I've engaged him just a little bit. Um, what, what's I, the I, uh, issue? Well, I don't know, you know, but Kanye is, is coming up with, he's going to drop this album called uh, Jesus is King, I believe. You know, he said he delayed sure the release of the album. theologically sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, accurate. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> so, so he uh, he delayed the release of it, which was I think supposed to come out last night at midnight. Mm. And so I tweeted back, um, "It's okay. Christians have been waiting two thousand years for the arrival." Oh, good. And one. this thanks, <laughs> this guy writes me back, quotes me the Bible, and yeah. about something in Second Peter about uh, those that will scoff at the last days. And right. so I did the only thing I could do. I uh, tweeted him a response with uh, "The waiting is the hardest part" by Tom Petty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I scoff so, at the last days. You know, <laughs> know. What you're saying is not mean spirited, so I don't get the vitriol. I, I don't get it either. But uh, this guy, uh, yeah. so I just checked it right before this. I probably shouldn't have, but so he highlight he quote he quotes in the Bible and he takes a picture of it and he highlights it basically he's saying i'm going to hell uh, yeah. or, or we're going to hell because it's our combined twitter account anyway <laughs> oh, I, shoot I, thanks matt i know sorry guys i ruined the afterlife <laughs> for you i didn't mean to yeah so yeah. i i, I want to write him back so bad but i don't think i will i mean don't uh, there is a weird thing that people do people that are argumentative uh christians they just sometimes in comments they'll post long sections of scripture Mm-hmm. As if that's any, as if anyone will read that or that's, they feel like that's enough or something. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird because I, I'm a Christian myself, which kind of makes everything kind of funny. Uh, yeah. But if I wasn't, why would I even care what the Bible says? That's uh, the thing they don't get. It's uh, like the time I went to a Kiss concert and there's uh, two preachers outside telling everybody that they're going to hell and all this and that. And you're just like, this is not effective, guys. <laughs> you know. But yeah. I did stop and I go, Oh, I go to church. And that the guy didn't like that answer either. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh really engaged in church, I did this thing at the fair called the Are You Going to Heaven booth? And all these kids would come and it was just a sign. It was kind of misleading because it was just a th- take a three question test to see if you're going to heaven. And all these kids would come and it just felt so weird. I, I did not like doing it. And I ultimately was just like, just talking to kids and like, Hey, no, I, I, as soon as they'd come up, I'd be like, yeah, it's just this thing to talk to you. And it's about, it's about Jesus and stuff. And I remember one, one girl came up and I said, well, it's about God. And she's like, what, what do you mean? And I go, well, you know, like, like it's just, it's about God, like God created the world. And, and she's like, I don't, She's like, who's God? Like, she didn't have a concept of God, which really blew me away. I don't think I, I don't think I advantage, saved her soul that day. (laughs) A little too much uh, learning curve on that one, but. um. You don't have a good jumping off point if you have to explain who is God. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. 
But no, that's a good one. Nate, you had a good one on uh, Twitter. I, I laughed so hard, and I'd like to play it. Uh, how do you find this? How do you find this posting of this guy? Wasn't that awesome? Uh, yeah, it says this is absolutely the worst solo that I've ever heard by any instrument. So he's got his uh, turntable here, and he's just playing a record. It looks like an old '50s doo-wop record, and I'll. And then it gets into the solo. This was recorded. <laughs> I love like how a, it just dies off at the end. It does, it's like, eh, and is that like done. a sixth grader like learning to play the saxophone? <laughs> it's like in my dreams. I always get I'm on stage and someone asks me to play guitar and I can't play, so I'm faking it the whole time. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I laugh. Definitely so a high. I cannot remember the last time I laughed that hard when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> the guy knows one note, but he knows it well. You can just picture him like everyone standing around, like snapping their fingers, and then like people start to kind of look at each other, like out of their side of their eyes, like, is this all you got? Hey, yeah, let you play another note, man. <laughs> Guys, he's serious. Yeah. This is it. It's uh, studio time's expensive. <laughs> you can play. No, the the best part is that's that's the uh, one they kept. <laughs> Yeah, you know. yeah. take. And you know he's got a name like Hot Lips or something, Johnson or something. Uh, but the yeah. comment section of that was so good. It was a guy goes, it sounds like a goose having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great comment. Yeah, I got had a little interview in the paper, uh, my local little small town paper about writing and Sounds good. It was she was really she was, did a good job on the interview and and uh, so it's weird weird to uh, see my picture on the front page and get a, you know interview about me and my writing and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Pretty long too. I expected just yeah. a little blurb, but yeah, I got a little blurb about the podcast in there too. So that's good. Um, I wrote down a few notes as I like to do, just random notes. Um, first one is uh, Angela Bassett is a strong black woman. And <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if she's ever not been introduced that way or described that way. So that was one note. Um, how many emails are in existence with just the word thanks? And I just can't continue. Like we've got to figure out a better way because I have so many emails that say thanks. Let's see. Uh, I had a t-shirt idea where it was just, you know, on YouTube when you get to the ad and then it, you can, it has a skip ad button. You could just have that on a t-shirt, skip ad. I thought that'd be cool. Uh, see oh so there's certain times where you realize uh, you're different or something is wrong matt i remember in the balding episode you mentioned that in freshman year you were doing a genetics thing in biology and everybody was looking for widow's peaks and that's when you realized you had a severe receding hairline <laughs> yes <laughs> so for me i realized that my ear holes are deformed or my left one is somehow deformed because uh, jenny bought me these apple airpods and that keeps falling out of my left ear. And so I was at a lot of airports this week and I've had, I had this paranoia many times as I'm standing at an airport urinal that it's going to fall out into the urinal. <laughs> so that consumed a lot of my thoughts and then why 
eyes, my ear deformed, etc. So um, they they make yeah. a hook that'll hook around your ear to keep them in place. So for deformed the, ears, <laughs> I don't know the exact uh, intent, but uh, <laughs> my, I have the same problem with my left ear. So. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. I had the same issue with sunglasses themselves. And that's when I noticed that my ears are off center. So if I put a pair of sunglasses on my head and they're straight on my head, then you put them on the table, they're like up 90 degrees. They're so like skewed and cockeyed. And then they look straight when they're on my head because my ears are so off center. So Nate, it's like, you remember like the, sloth wearing a putter sunglasses. Nate, you remember the kid in high school we called Mr. Symmetrical? Because uh, he, he had the most symmetrical face. He wore glasses and he had a mole right in the center between his eyes. <laughs> yeah, who was it? I don't want to say, but uh, yeah, Mr. Symmetrical. Oh, yeah, I bet yeah. he has no problem with earbuds. He has trouble getting right, him well. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think funny. Think, think funny. Today we're going to talk about The Office. I love The Office, and I, don't, I know that you guys are probably not as big of fans as, as I am, but I was an early adopter, I'm proud to say. First episode, American Office, I watched, and I watched every week, and then I'd go into work and tell everyone you have to watch this show. Uh, Matt, I know you were a early adopter of The British Office, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched The British Office, um, but it's only two two seasons i believe and um, a christmas special or, and a or christmas one. special yeah. right yeah yeah it was it was quick it's a weird it's very it's british humor and it's dense dialogue mm-hmm. so you have to push through the first episode just to get in the cadence of the jokes that's a good way of putting it it's like watching yeah. alti towers <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you remember yeah. that show the john cleese show yeah it's not an easy watch no, but it's rewarding if you yeah. can do it. Um, so, Nate, what he didn't, you don't like The Office. What's the deal, Nate? Um, I don't like The Office. I think it's <sighs> stupid. I think it's the unfunniest show to ever air on TV. I, I tried watching an episode a couple nights ago. I don't even think I smiled. Nate, <laughs> I, I don't get. I I look at the screen I'm so- and I'm like, I don't. With comedy, it's so weird that we're so far apart. I, I placed it right below Seinfeld as the greatest, second greatest show of all time, in my opinion. Just doesn't do it for me. Oh, man. Okay, so the reason why, uh, one of the big reasons why I wanted to pick The Office is because it has this phenomenon that's been happening with it over the last couple of years on Netflix, in that its popularity on Netflix is unparalleled. It's got, so, so to give you a comparison, it's not only the most popular show on Netflix, but I think in 2018, it had like 50 billion minutes watched. Second place was Friends with 32 billion. Uh, Stranger Things had 28 billion. So the leap uh, from second to first place on most watched show on Netflix is large, and it's it's totally dominated by The Office. And so NBC Universal actually just bought back the rights to start showing it on their platform in 2021. They bought those rights, five-year contract for $500 million. So I, I started actually looking into it a little bit because I was interested as to I know why I know that I rewatch The Office constantly and my boys psychologically watch 49 billion minutes of the 50 billion minutes. <laughs> my two older teenage boys love that show. So yeah, it's a so I actually looked it up and there there is there are psych, psychologists that have researched why it's so popular uh, with uh, people binge it so much. It has a large ensemble cast that allows you to associate with many different psyches to find your escapism that you might need in that moment. And another big thing is called option anxiety. So have you ever, it's like when you used to go into a movie store and just walk around a blockbuster and walk around forever. 
that is what a lot of people feel when they get on Netflix. They just kind of scroll forever. And then it's like, well, might as well just watch an office. It's a low commitment, 20 minute show. You know, it's going to be funny. It's an escape. And so I call that a bowl of cereal show, which Seinfeld used to be my go-to bowl of cereal just to sit and, and, and escape. But that's another reason why a lot of people think that, that people love it so much is because it's just, it's a low commitment, high value show. I think it's beautiful. I, I, I think that there's quality in the character depth and the arcs. The final episode, the last scene is is one of the most wonderful things. Uh, their, her last monologue is, is awesome and amazing. So I'm, I'm all in on The Office. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's my opinion. Do you think it yeah. went a couple seasons too long? Do you think it should have ended with Michael Scott leaving? I think it could have, but I'm glad that it didn't. It's like Seinfeld when Larry David left, I think after season six. People say, oh, it went downhill. But honestly, my some a lot of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld are in the later seasons. They've got the groove. They know the pace. They've got the system down. And well, I, I would, I, yeah, I would like to watch even more seasons of it. I love Seinfeld start to finish, except maybe yeah. the last episode. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't you feel like you can tell a Larry David episode, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh, Simpsons. You can tell a Conan episode. Yeah. And, well, there's been more Kirby um, uh, enthusiasm seasons, I think, than Seinfeld now. Isn't, hasn't there? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the episode count is higher because Curb only did 10 or 11, I uh, think. yes. Average true. sitcom does like 23 or 24 a season. Mm-hmm. I think there's 180 Seinfelds. There's 201 offices. Seinfeld, to me, like changed things in t- television for sure and in culture generally and was almost like a, uh, a rite of passage for guys our age to sort of help them develop their sense of humor. I don't know if you guys think the same way. Oh, I think so. I mean, the whole Seinfeld observational humor style, I think was unique and groundbreaking for that time. And yeah, a lot of guys in high school, middle school, when we grew up, you know, would would have that same sense of humor. And then uh, after Seinfeld went off, there was a bunch of sitcoms that were basically people trying to imitate Larry David by being mean to each other. And uh, a half an hour of people just kind of being mean in an office situation or whatever. The Office came along. The first six six episodes of The Office were unlike the rest of the season. So the first episode itself is a word-for-word copy of the British Office pilot. But the first season is only six episodes. It might have gotten canceled. Uh, The characters are different. Michael is a lot more... um, He's, he's, he's meaner. He's more of a, you just, you just more dislikable, I guess. Uh, after that first season happened, the 40 year old version came out. Steve Carell was in that, in that movie, he was a likable kind of guy, a sweet guy. So that was a huge movie and a big coming out for uh, Steve Carell. And so they decided to change the character of Michael Scott to make him more likable. Um, and then that really shifted the show and, uh, and the trajectory of the show after that. All right, so I got some little-known things about The Office people might not know. Uh, Nate, you definitely don't know. <laughs> so, let's see. Lots of famous people auditioned for the major parts for the role of Michael Scott. I almost went to Bob Odenkirk, who he shows up later as almost a fake Michael Scott. Uh, the role of Dwight, Seth Rogen auditioned, Judah Freelander from 30 Rock, uh, Eric Stone Street, who's the uh, the big gay guy from Modern Family, Patton Oswalt. Um, Jim almost went to Adam Scott, who went on to play uh, Amy Poehler's husband in Parks and Rec. Uh, Dwight actually originally auditioned for the role of Michael Scott. Uh, Steve Carell was already committed to a show called Come to Papa that got can- that didn't, didn't air and that got canceled. Jim was offered the audition for Dwight, 
uh, John Krasinski was offered that. He said, if the, if, if the uh, offer for Jim comes up, let me know. I'd love to do that. So many of the writers were, uh, were in the show. Mindy Kaling wrote the most episodes of The Office. She wrote 24. BJ Novak, I think, wrote 12. Paul Lieberstein, who is um, Toby, was not only a writer for the show, but also the showrunner for several years. So the, the showrunner is the top uh, position in a show. It's like the director on a film. So Wow, that's um, surprising because he's the most meek character i think in the office yeah he's never he never acted before and people actually comment a lot on his like his acting style how it's so effortless but he's because he's not really an actor Uh um the the character of mose uh dwight's cousin who's sort of this really insane guy uh mose was one of the head writers and he went on to co-create uh parks and rec with greg daniels who was the original show runner for the office greg daniels he's an interesting guy so he was the one to originally, and another guy to adapt it for America. He was college roommates with Conan at Harvard. And then after Harvard, they decided to move out to LA together um, to try and be comedy writers. So they got a crappy apartment and there's a great interview you can hear of them talking about this. And they worked on several shows together. Um, then they eventually got hired together to work on Saturday Night Live. And then they got hired together after that to work on uh, The Simpsons. And Greg Daniels was a Simpsons writer for many years. Then he went on to create King of the Hill uh, with Mike Judge. And then he went on to do The Office. So the thing I like about Greg Daniels is his sensibility. He doesn't like like jokey type situations. He likes character-driven humor. The opening credits were shot by John Krasinski. Uh, after he got hired for the show, he went out with a road trip with some buddies and filmed on home video. That's Jim Halpert. So Phyllis was not an actor. She, she was a casting director, and they just liked her so much. They thought she'd be perfect for Phyllis. She was actually a uh, once an NFL cheerleader. Um, Phyllis? Creed. Yeah, Phyllis. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it must have been in like the 40s or something. But, <laughs> uh, Creed Bratton, a lot of people know. He was in a uh, band called The Grassroots in the 60s. Favorite. Yeah, I love Creed. And I, I liked The Grassroots. I remember in high school, Jay brought one of their... Well, you're supposed to bring a song to play in, in uh, AP history that, that encapsulated culture the most today. And Jay brought one of their songs called Live for Today. is is very deep. is <laughs> huh. grassroots. Michael's realtor, Carol, in some of the episodes is his actual wife in real life. Oh. Um, Parks and Rec was almost an office spinoff uh, by some of the same creators of The Office. But the, with the, how they were going to spin it off was the uh, coffee machine at the office was going to break down. It was going to get repaired and then reused and Pawnee, Indiana, where Parks and Rec is filmed. That's how they were going to tie the two together, but they didn't. Uh, Dwight almost had a spinoff called The Farm. Instead of doing a spinoff, what they did was they they did what's called a backdoor pilot, which is in one of the last episodes, you can see uh, Dwight on his farm, and you meet his family and extended family and all this. That was actually part of the pilot for The Farm. They just fed it into making an office episode out of it. Uh, Let's see. The writer strike caused them to stop. They're, they're very, Steve Carell was very. This is this is my last little thing. He called into NBC because they wanted him to cross the lines to film, and he said that he was sick and he because he had a case of enlarged balls. And I thought that was pretty classic. So, <laughs> you know what season um, that hit? Do you remember what oh, season it was, that uh, writer strike hit? I think it was season five, but the weird because Angela gets pregnant during the writer strike in real life. And oh, so the wow. this the first episode right after the writer strike was I think the dinner party episode. Anyway, she she wasn't pregnant and then she was like large pregnant in the next episode, so they had to hide her. But 
Is that, I don't know. Do you guys have any favorite episodes? At all? Nate, do you have a favorite episode of The Office? Uh, <laughs> Matt, was, you got a favorite one? I like the old ones. I, I like any. Yeah. I like any one where they're doing sensitivity training. I like the one For, where Michael has the. Uh, I don't know if they call it the package where he somebody takes a crap in his office. Yeah, and he, he thinks yeah. it's a hate crime. <laughs> yeah, the class. The it's not my favorite episode, but it's it's such when I heard. When I saw it, that this was how the story was going to develop, I thought, this is so good. It was uh, Scott's Tots, so oh, <laughs> Michael yeah. Scott. It, it's a, the, the episode goes that apparently like 10 years ago, he had gone into a, like an underprivileged African-American elementary school and told everyone in the class that if they graduated high school, he would pay for their college. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he forgot about it until they called him to uh, come because they were all graduating and he had to go tell them <laughs> that he didn't have any money. <laughs> and they did this big, huge dance routine <laughs> right ahead of time. And they're all wearing Scott's Tots t-shirts. It was pretty awesome. I do yeah. seem to remember an episode where... Um there's like a emergency and everybody's freaking out Yes, and somebody throws a cat through a ceiling tile. Now that's funny. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that's all I remember. That's <laughs> <laughs> your best. That's their best. Now there is a rumor that there's going to be a reboot of the office and I don't know any details about it, but essentially another version of it, which would make sense given its popularity and reruns. Speaking of, so the office is leaving uh, Netflix some people think because it's going to NBC and now Disney is starting its own and they're going to pull all of the Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff off of Netflix. What a lot of people are thinking is, you know, in the last 10 years or five years, whatever Netflix has been around, we've seen this sort of platform happen where people, you can subscribe to one platform, but now it looks like it's going to be stratified again. And what people are thinking is that there was a huge rise in piracy, pirate downloading before Netflix came along. And after Netflix, Netflix and Amazon Prime came along, people were like, oh, I'll just pay. It's worth it uh, to pay 10 bucks. It's not worth the hassle of illegal downloading everything. And so now that there's getting stratified again, people think that piracy is going to go back on the increase because no one's going to want to pay for like 10 different platforms. I did like Anything the way they you? wrapped it up, though, Aaron. I, I agree. I think they, I mean, a lot. it's so hard to wrap up a, a series that's been out there for nine seasons. Yes. It was so, it was like basically the opposite of how Seinfeld did it. The problem with wrapping up Seinfeld is that you had a show whose entire thing was to have no meaning. The whole right. basis of the show was to be about nothing. And then there's this pressure at the end to make it have meaning. And it's not going to keep the same consistency of the show. And what they did wrong was they thought, oh, all of these people are so horrible. They need to finally pay for their crimes. And I hated that. They don't, I hated they, that ending. I did too. They didn't realize that we love that yeah. about these people. We experience, you know, that it's an escapism for us. Um, the show Dexter did the same thing where it's a fun show to watch, but ultimately in the end he gets punished and it's just like not the spirit of the show. So the way uh, Office ended, I won't spoil it, but it's basically just a really happy ending. Like they tie up all loose ends. Everybody kind of ends happy. It's a, and you just feel good inside walking away from the last episode. It's really good. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the Think Funny Podcast uh, for Aaron Donnelly and Nate Sadler and Matt Donnelly. Uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week. A guy goes, it sounds like a goose having sex. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>